0: look okay i'm not wearing any makeup today you know i just figure it's like almost 10 p.m do i want to put on makeup at this hour you know like i just had a bath i just you know I, i i dried my hair i don't feel like putting makeup on my face do i look better with makeup on camera yes that is why i usually wear makeup but i don't feel like it today yeah just let's be free you know like my skin today is this is the best it's gonna be you know tomorrow it's not gonna be as nice as today right the day after that it's not gonna be as nice as today so let's flaunt this because i know in 30 years i'm gonna be looking at this face with no makeup and be like wow her skin is so fucking nice you know yeah like that's the it's the thing about losing weight is like your wrinkles are a lot more defined. Yeah, you could just see your wrinkles a lot more. You can see your skin aging as you lose weight. It's it's a wild and wacky thing, you know? Like that's the upside to chubbing up is that you are going to look youthful. Mhm. That's the thing. Yes. Stay chubby cuz your skin is gorgeous. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Today's show is Summer Strike. It's a 2022 K drama series developed for Genie TV, which is a streaming service that a Korean telecom company developed. KT is the telecom company. KT is like it's like a T-Mobile, but in Korea. Summer Strike was originally a webtoon, and it was written by Chu Young Hyun. And that got adapted for the small screen by Hong Moon-pyo and Yi Yoon-jung. And they also directed this show together. I'm not too familiar with who Hong Moon-pyo is, but Lee jung is very famous. She is one of the very few and rare K-drama directors in South Korea. And I think she went to Columbia University to get her MFA, like... Yeah, I, I, think, I think that is true. Because at the time, when I was living in New York, I remember being friends with a bunch of Columbia University film MFAs, and they were like, oh, like, Yoon Jung is also at our school. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Anyway, she directed this K-drama series that many of you have probably seen called Coffee Prince, which came out in 2007. And it starred Yoon and Gong Yu, one of her best works. And one of the most famous... One of the most famous K-dramas ever. Yeah. She also directed Cheese in the Trap, which I've seen a bunch of years ago. I did not realize that she directed it, but makes sense. That's an interesting show. I don't think I've covered that one yet. I sometimes complain about shows being a little too long, right? Like I was like, oh, some of these shows could be like 16 episodes instead of 18. Some of these shows could be like 12 episodes instead of 16. And I'll also say that if a show is 12 episodes instead of 16 or 20, I'm usually suspect that the ratings were very low and that the production cost or its budget was cut down because sponsors were pulling out. But this is an interesting case because it's not for tv broadcasting or narrow casting this is for online streaming and i'm wondering like oh like do sponsors also keep track of online streaming numbers and and you know ads and things like that like i wonder i wonder i don't know the details but i assume so in any case this is a show where 12 episodes was way too short yeah there was a lot going on in this show and i feel like they should have given it at least 16 episodes if not at the very least 13 or 14 because towards the end of the show there were so many like big events that they kind of rushed through and i was like oh that's unfortunate like i feel like they should have taken their time with this stuff because a lot goes on (laughs) in this show summer strike First of all, I don't think this show is for the faint of heart. I don't think this is the kind of show that you could just, like, turn on and just, like, uh, have a bag of popcorn and be cool with it. No. Like, this show was distressing, okay? But, like, productively distressing. Like, I was crying a lot and I was, like, questioning things, you know? Like, uh, the show inspired a bunch of emotions in me. So it's, it's a productive experience, but I'm just letting you know. Like, it's a melodrama. Yeah, it is intensely very much a melodrama. Seolhyun is a K-pop idol from the girl group AOA and she's a fantastic actress. I don't think she's like one of these domineering, overbearing types on screen. She folds very nicely into the background somehow even though she's a protagonist, yeah. But with all that said, uh, I think she also has excellent control. Like, when she's delivering difficult emotions, she does it in a very unique fashion. And I don't really see a lot of actresses, especially K-pop stars who became actresses, uh, really tap into that so successfully. But she's really great with that. I also really love her sense of humor. Yeah, like, you all know how much I appreciate humor. And Seolhyun is an excellent comedian. Yeah, like, there are these scenes where she's, like... You know drunk and acting out and by the way this this character's drunk behavior is like super toxic like she should not be drinking at all but anyway she was hilarious in some of these moments and very creative with some of her choices so I appreciated that I thought she was great The show has a lot of big trauma or big T. Yoram is harassed at the office that she's working at. Her supervisor is a menace. He screams at her. He curses at her. He berates her. He physically assaults her. He sexually assaults her. He's all kinds of, dude, what the fuck? and she also has colleagues who cut her down and she's also in a relationship with a boyfriend who was emotionally negligent and her father's dead she like has a mother and she has an older brother her older brother's married and has a kid her mom dies one day like very suddenly very tragically like so much you know abandonment loss tragedy it sucks okay but Yodum quits her job. She quits her job at that dead-end office. And she leaves Seoul. She's like, I'm done with Seoul. I'm gonna go to some rural bumfuck area. And that's what she does. And I was just like, good for you. Like, you're, you're my hero. Yes, more people should do this. Alright, absolutely. If you hate your job, quit. That's it, bottom line. Like, nobody wants to hear you complain. Just quit. It's okay. I love the way that Yodum journals... Uh, some of her monologues are these, like, journal entries that she's writing to her mother. You know, she's like, oh, dear mom, like, today I went and bought this and this and this. And I was just thinking, like, oh, that's, like, a really lovely, you know, mode of storytelling. And it's also kind of informing viewers on, like, what you can do that is helpful and therapeutic. Like, when you when you have these internal monologues, and we all do, right? Like, we all have an internal monologue in our, in our heads why not speak to a loved one? Yeah? Like a parent or, you know, for a lot of people, parents are tricky, like a pet, you know? I think people who live with pets just have a leg up because they always have an object of affection and love in their house with them at all times, yeah? So I'm just like, yeah, like think of an animal that you love or I don't know, like... People have all different kinds of, like, figures that they hold in their minds, yeah? But I was like, a pet's good, you know? Like, in, in this case and Yerum's case, it's her dead mother. And I thought that was very sweet. I was very moved by so many different aspects of this show. Especially the character Pum, who is this teenager, uh, high school girl who comes from severe family dysfunction. And Yerum and Pum become good friends. She comes from just utter tragedy. Like, her mom abandoned her and her younger brother so Pum is raised by her paternal grandmother and Pum's father is an alcoholic like a severe alcoholic and he's abusive Pum is bullied by other high school kids but these bullies like they it's not just like you know bad mouthing or name calling i mean they beat the shit out of her yeah and she fights back like to the teeth And it's very intense, and bullying in South Korea is a severe problem, which is tied to bigger issues of, like, child abuse, you know, from parents and teachers and the military and blah blah blah. But, yeah, like, bullying is a huge issue in Korea, as many of you already know, because K-dramas have a lot of bullying in them. But Poom also has a really good friend, Jaehoon, who is just, like, I don't know, he adores her. He loves her so much, and... You know, like, we find out why. It's because Jae has a really sad story, too. He used to live in the U.S., and his parents are very famous psychologists. But he got into fights with kids at school because they were racist. And then he got sent back to Korea while his parents stayed in America. And he thinks that his parents sent him away because they were ashamed of him. And I was like, oh, so he's, like, a very lonely child And in his loneliness, this girl, Pum, just chatted him up one day, just like talked to him. And that was like this very, you know, gracious move for him because nobody took the time to do that, you know, that amplifies like, oh, he's a very lonely person. And, you know, so is Pum. So they become good friends. You know, this girl has such a tragic life. Yeah, so much tragedy all around her, but at least she has this strong support system with this, you know, school peer and with 여름 Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is excellent. I'm glad that she has this. There's one scene when Poom's dad comes home in a drunken rage and he grabs a kitchen knife because he's going to go out and like injure somebody out there that he's having a fight with. But Poom stops him. And then he accidentally stabs her. And then Pum ends up in the hospital. She goes through surgery. And she's all laid up in the hospital. And then there's this part that comes up where it's like, if Pom were to lie and say that she injured herself, then the insurance won't cover the, the, the bill because this is, like, self-harm. And her father will not go to jail. Like, that's the deal. But if she were to tell the truth and say that her father stabbed her, then the insurance will cover all the bills, but her father will go to prison. And it was like so heartbreaking watching Pum's grandmother, you know, the mother to this drunken father who loves her grandchildren, be stuck on this issue. She's being split off in a very difficult position. It's like, does she choose to protect her son? Or does she choose to protect her grandchildren? Like, what's the right answer here? I mean, I have a right answer. But that's my answer. Like, I'm not a mother. I'm not a grandmother. I couldn't say, you know, I just kind of saw it from Poom's point of view. Like, oh, this is a really difficult decision that she needs to ultimately make. You know, it's not up to her grandmother. It's up to her. And there was a scene when Pum is like screaming in her hospital bed saying like, No, I'm gonna tell the truth. Like, why should I lie? Why should I lie so that he can get away with this? She's like, No, let him rot in prison. Like she rages out. And I thought that was such an important moment. Because we're not like closing in on her face and playing melodramatic music and watching her cry silently. No, it's like no. Let out the outrage. This is outrageous. It's outrageous that you are forced into this position, and you're the victim. I mean, you're the one that's lying up in the hospital bed, and they're putting this on you. It's awful, awful. And yeah, I was sobbing during the scene. <laughs> it was also really heartbreaking when Pum tells you know Yodam that her most painful memory. Is of her father when he was doing well. Like when he was not drinking. And when they were younger. And he would come home and the kids would be excited. And he would bring back toys and like food. And you know like he was being so loving right. And because she has this memory of him being so kind and warm and loving. Like a loving image of a father that she holds in her mind. And it conflicts so harshly with the father that he is in her present day this drunk and violent and abusive, you know, good for nothing. And it breaks her heart, you know, holding this conflicted image of her father in her mind, just as much as it breaks the old lady's heart, who has the same, you know, she raised that man when he was a baby all the way into adulthood. And she's seen these transitions happen in her son over the years. And it's like, there's just no right answer that's my point like of course we could say like yeah but you know it's for the children it's for the children but it's like you know everybody was a child everybody is somebody's child and that makes these kinds of decisions so much harder (laughs) so much harder in any case I thought it was important for this show to capture moments of female rage because I don't think that should be overlooked uh, rage and anger requires space. Like I said, the show was rushed towards the end, so there's no, like, disney ending here. Like, not everything is all settled and calm, okay? Like, there's still some knots in the end. But I think that's what makes this show, you know, respectable. Yeah, like, I can respect this show because it's like, look, there are moments where things look like utter crap. There are moments where things look amazing, but we're always in a cycle. It's always going to go from up, down to sideways to something new. So let's not believe in these like permanencies, you know, like um, never or always. Yeah, never or always. This is not real. This is just a fear based thinking and it doesn't serve us. I thought Daebam's character was fascinating. He's a very gifted physicist. And when he was in college, he had a mental breakdown because he and his environment pushed him a little too far. Despite him being a very gifted physicist, he ditches everything and moves to Angok, where he works as a librarian in a very quiet library where nobody comes to check out any books. But he works there and it's like he has a very peaceful life. Yeah. He left behind the city for a very good reason. It was because it was killing him. It was toxic. He couldn't do it anymore. He wanted to get well, get better. And so this this show does ask this question, like the hustle and bustle, the hyper competitiveness, the speed, the adrenaline, the ambition, drive, motivation to climb to the highest peaks. You know, like, is that is that the way to live? Or does this kind of life where it's like slow paced and rural and quiet and quaint and everybody's all up in your business, like, is this also a form of meaningful living? And here again, there's no right answer because people who lived in the hustle and bustle of the city are the ones that have an appreciation for the quiet rural area and the people from the rural areas are the ones that want to go into the hustle and bustle of the city and try their hands at becoming this ambitious and driven being to reach the tops so you need both yes you always need both like you can't have one without the other these things exist because we need all of them yeah otherwise we wouldn't know yeah Like, what's that saying? Like, contrast helps us know what we want. Yeah, I like that saying. I did notice that there's a pattern of turning a lot of these, like, quaint, rural, small-town TV shows into a thriller, uh, noir horror thing, right? Like, there's, like, a murder mystery thing going on. It's like, what's with that? Because in, you know, when the camellia blooms, they do the same thing. And I'm like what's with these like, you know, women killers in these quaint rural areas? And I don't know, just the only thing that comes to mind right now is that back in the 80s, there was a serial killer in a rural quaint area. And it was like the first serial killer in South Korea ever documented. And yeah, like that haunting, you know, I think is kind of burned into the South Korean psyche, you know, this like murderer. And that murderer back then was also like, he targeted women. And yeah, there's just something about that memory, I think, that makes people associate these small, quaint rural towns with both nostalgia and love and sweetness, but also with a tinge of fear. Like, this is where the police are pretty lax. And this is where bad things could potentially happen. So yeah, it's like interesting how that haunting exists in there.